in the 21st century Hard-working people working hard for you and me Moving higher time and time again Through the years you'll find us here Moving Hello and welcome to Moving Iron Tax Moves with Glenn Birnbaum. This edition of the Moving Iron Podcast is brought to you by Dawson Tire and Will, your premier ag tire and will provider in North America helping people grow. Tractor Zoom delivering insights and dry shod boots, the official work boot of the Moving Iron Podcast. Glenn is with Sickich and he is a CPA out of East Peoria, Illinois. And Glenn has been on the Moving Iron Podcast for how long, Glenn? A couple years now? Since the 199A grain glitch went crazy and shocked the world, Glenn came in and settled the dust and got it all figured out for us. So, how you been, buddy? Good. Yeah, it's uh, we got always time stamp these. It's November 25th, day before Thanksgiving. So, yep. just wanted to give everybody an update on the latest on PPP. So, yeah, exciting news. PPP, the gift that keeps on giving, right, Glenn? Oh yeah. Yep. <laughs> all right. So, before we started talking here, you. You brought up PPP and how you want to talk about that, and there is there's a bit of a glitch, shocker, in there that that uh, people should be aware of. So, for the farmers listening to this, there is a a, a taxable and a non-taxable way, technically, right? Not that the IRS has actually came out and ruled on any of this, but technically, by the way, the 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 wording of, of the law and the way it looks now is it looks to me. It looks to Glenn like, and correct me if I'm wrong here, Glenn, but if you have a Schedule F and you borrowed um, money against the PPP for your Schedule F, depending on if you pay wages or not, there's a there's a likelihood that that, that PPP money could not be, um, is is non-taxable, right? Am I, right. Am I saying that right? Yeah. So, yeah, let's... Let's dive in because it gets okay. we got we got to go back. So originally, you know, when the CARES Act, this is part of the CARES Act, passed late March, and it, part of the CARES Act had the PPP in there, and right in the the law, you know, it said, hey, this, you know, they're anticipating, you know, the loans getting forgiven. Well, when these loans are forgiven, you know, it's not going to be considered taxable income. You know, so that was right in the bill. And so, you know, I think if you look back, you know, any any articles written at that time, you know, hey, this money, you know, it was a question, is it going to be tax-free or not? And, well, hey, you look to the bill, look to the law, then it becomes law, and you say, no, see right here, it says it's taxable, tax-free, because the cancellation of debt or the forgiveness of debt will be tax-free. So that was late March. And then it was about, I think it was late April, um, or it was, it was in April sometime that the IRS came out with a notice, IRS notice 2020-32 that said, okay, well, yes, the taxable, the, the uh, cancellation of the debt or the forgiveness of the loan is tax-free, but based on this other little rule in the code, you know, any expenses you use the money for, you know, payroll, rent, those type of things, under the law, you know, it was in, in the past, nothing to do with the CARES Act. We're going to treat those expenses as non-deductible because it's kind of like you receive tax-free money. And so it kind of comes in, it comes out. It's kind of a wash, I guess, is apparently the logic. So, the, but the effect of that would be that the, the loan would effect, effectively be taxable because if you can't deduct expenses equal to the loan amount, 
And, you know, it's just another way to look at it, but the same difference. This PPP loan will be taxable, okay? So that was in April. And so we have all summer to go through this. And then most, a lot of people were saying, okay, well, but if I don't know, my loan's going to be forgiven. If you remember, you know, the loan, the covered period goes from eight weeks to 24 weeks. So all of a sudden, you know, where we, most people thought these loans would be forgiven in 2020 because you only had an eight week covered period, which ended, you know, typically into June, you know, you'd, there'd be plenty of time to get this all trued up. Well, as soon as we go to 24 weeks, now, a lot of people, you know, aren't applying right away because, you know, the rules are changing on a weekly basis. And so you're thinking, well, wait a minute, what if I don't officially get the notification from the SBA or, I, or even if I don't apply for forgiveness until 2021, then couldn't I say I can deduct those expenses in 2020 because I haven't officially been forgiven on the loan? And then we'll deal with whether it's taxable or not in 2021 if Congress might, you know, act and, and, and fix this glitch. So that was, you know, again, no one had to really file any returns, basically. But that was what a lot of people were thinking is, well, you know, maybe we can get another year kind of grace period on this. Right. So so just last week, the IRS comes out with a revenue ruling now, which is higher than a notice, a revenue ruling, basically saying the same thing as the notice, but also saying that we're not gonna let you do this straddle period thing. So if, if you incurred the expenses in 2020 and you reasonably expect the loan to be forgiven, we're gonna treat those expenses as non-deductible in 2020. So they pretty much put a, put a kibosh on this idea, okay? So basically for most taxpayers right now, you kind of have to say, Hey, this PPP money is taxable, okay? But we've got to now talk about what you said is the farmers or the self-employed people, the Schedule C, the Schedule F, okay? So having said all that, though, before I get into that, any this is just clear as mud, Casey? Yeah, I'm tracking like a guy that's been doing taxes yeah. for 30 years right now. Yeah, we're going to hire you on. And yep. I don't need to go to college. I'm good, baby. Let's do it. So, okay, so where's this wrinkle? Well, again, what we we're talking about is these expenses being non-deductible. Well, what if you receive the PPP loan not based on expenses, not based on having payroll, not based on paying wages, in other words? What if you receive the PPP loan based on your Schedule F income? Which, if, you know, you might remember it was basically... Um, you could get a loan of about 20 grand uh, based on your 2019 schedule of income. So if your 2019 schedule of income was around a hundred thousand, you get a loan of 20,000 and it was a sliding scale, you know, below that. And if, if your schedule of income was 200,000, you still got a $20,000 loan. There was a cap on it. So, so the theory would be, well, if I got my PPP money based on my schedule of income, that really isn't based on me paying wages or anything. So could I say that the PPP money, is tax free. That twenty grand is tax free, and right now, you know, with no guidance, it's it's probably a pretty reasonable assumption to say that. So, but the result of that is, well, now we'd have some taxpayers that the PP money would be tax free, i.e., Schedule F farmers, Schedule C people, you know, self-employed people who had no employees, their loans would be tax free. But then, you know, the vast majority of people, and certainly the vast majority in dollars, you know, would be taxable because you know, you, you got the PPP loan based on spending money during that covered period. So, 
what seemed to be a bit of a, uh, a problem. And I guess the question is, you know, will the IRS come out in a few weeks or a month and try to close this down? So it, the bottom line is it's a lot of uncertainty on what our taxable income is for 2020. And so, you know, when we're doing tax planning, it's, it's quite a, quite a variable. So I'll make sure I understand this right. So if I'm a farmer and I've got you know, a couple of hired guys or whatever, and I, or I got this PPP loan and depending on how I worded it, I've got to pay taxes on this money. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I think what you're saying, you know, depending on how you applied for it initially, is that what you're saying? Did yeah. I do it based on wages or yeah. did I do it based on my Schedule F? Now, there is a thought I saw, you know, another practitioner who have a lot of respect for, you know, I think he's getting questions about, well, what if I, you know, got the PPP loan entirely based on wages? Because at some point, I mean, there were times where we weren't sure how this works for a Schedule F person. Um, schedule, if you might remember, Schedule F wasn't even really mentioned in some of the guidance. They talked about Schedule C and does that mean, you know, they, you know, so there was questions. So maybe there's a self-employed farmer who just got the PPP loan based on paying a few wages wages to people, but they do have a schedule F, could you kind of change it up and say, well, no, I'm going to treat at least the first, you know, 20 grand of this loan as tax free. Yeah. So it's, you know. So if I would, wow. Cause there was no guidance out at the time that had anything to do like that, that I, back in March, if I would have been a farmer and said, okay, cool, I'm going to, I'm going to get this. And right. Here's my schedule F and go or, because I, I really doubt there were many guys that said, you know, I'm doing this to cover wages. Most of them were just like, just I'm just going to file it off my Schedule F. When you say that would be, I mean, well, I mean, some there's some farms that have quite a few. Probably, yeah, but I mean, part of it's the timing too. You know, initially it was really like you know supposed to be people that had wages were supposed to apply first, and then they were going to do the self-employed people later. Right. Well, what about a self-employed person that had employees? You know, kind of a mixing bowl, but. Yeah, it's it's just another variable that you know we don't. So you know, when we're talking to, to clients, it's just difficult to know you know what their income is. So you know, huh? That's, that's crazy. That's that's twenty twenty for you. Yeah, no kidding, right? So if I've got if I got a million dollars out there, a million dollar PPP loan that came through, or half a million bucks, or fifty thousand yeah. dollars, or whatever the number is, yep. it's still unclear depending on how I filed for it whether it's taxable income or not. Right. But again, you know, to go back, I mean, the most, I guess you could say this pretty comfortably, the most that could be tax-free would be $20,000 because that's, you know, that was the cap on your schedule of income. So, you know, if you have that $500,000 loan, you know, it's going to be 20,000 is all, you know, so the vast majority will be taxable. We have to plan on that for right now. Now, as far as tax estimates and things for, for, uh, for your non-farmers, um, you know, people that are paying quarterly estimates, we have a January 15th estimate coming up. So we have a little bit of time to determine, you know, what our income is. Um, but most people will try to just pay based what we can, what we call safe basis, meaning, you know, again, I'm talking non-farmers for right now. Um, you would just pay based on last year's taxes, which is typically either, you know, 90% of last year, 110% of last year. But the bottom line is you just, to be safe, you might just say, I'm just going to pay based on last year to avoid penalties. And then I'll have my, you know, true up moment on April 15th, right? And right. hopefully, hopefully, hopefully by April 15th, we'll have, you know, ultimate clarity on this. So, so that's for, you know, 
most taxpayers for for farmers there are some farmers and, and maybe probably uh, quite a few farmers probably over half the farmers do not make quarterly estimates and they make just one estimate you can do a couple things you can make just one estimate on january 15th so you don't have to pay quarterly so that that's the same timing issue there but the other one is if you pay all your tax by march 1st um you you, you would not have to pay estimates too so maybe farmers have until March 1st um, in order to really know what's going to happen here. So there's more time, but it still prevents you right from, you know, I mean, you still have the issue of what am I going to do? Am I going to buy some equipment, you know, this fall before the end of the year? Yes. You you know, this is moving iron. Um, So, you know, you don't know, right. That's, that's the challenge. Um, So we've talked about this a number of times and I guess I'll mention it and we'll we'll probably get into this in another podcast before the end of the year and more specifics, but, you know, a cash basis farmer has a lot of flexibility and they can use hindsight to get their income where they want it. If they have the right type of grain contracts, and we've talked about this before, right? You sell your grain in the fall, you know, so title is passed in the fall, but you have this installment contract where you're basically, you know, you're, you have no access to the money until January 1st. You've pushed off that income until January 1st. You basically then, you know, don't, you don't show it as income until, you know, you deposit it. But there's this rule that says, well, if you want to, you know, kind of change your mind. And so you can say, Hey, money came in in January of 2021 it was deposited in 21, but I'm going to what's called elect out of the installment method. And I'm going to elect to push some of that income back into 2020. And if you remember that has to be on a contract by contract basis. So you can't just say, I'm just going to take, you know, 15,000. It has to be based on bushels. So you have to have, you know, a number of contracts. So if you have a lot of multiple contracts with sales where you're taking your money in January, we can go back in and, and push income back into 2020 to get income where we want. So if we're not sure about the PPP loan, whether it's going to be taxable, right, we can use hindsight and and get it where we want to be. We used to do this when we didn't know if there was going to be bonus depreciation or some of these things. So farmers do have the ability, if you've got those installment sale contracts out there, to be able to get your income kind of where you want it to be after the fact, whereas most taxpayers, right, you can't do that. And so you're kind of stuck. Do I have, you know, $300,000 $300,000 tax bill income, or do I have $100,000 of tax bill income? You know, if, if I have a $200,000 PPP loan, you know, you just, I don't know, you know. So I guess take a little solace if you're, you know, a farmer that you do have some flexibility to, um, you know. So basically what we've talked about in the past is you end up having, when you plan, you end up having too low of income than you really want for 2020. But knowing that you've got plenty of grain carried over, on these installment sale contracts that you can go back in and sprinkle it, you know, back. So that's certainly, you know, that, that strategy will definitely be employed, you know, this year because of the PPP just adds another variable. Well, good, good thing. This is very clear and, and yes. easy to do. So extremely clear. Good reason to have a, a, a tax professional help you meddle your way through this. Glenn, is there a, yeah. yeah. So what's what's the easiest way for them to get a hold of you if they have questions about all this clear clarity on the PPP you know, you program? Can, it's you know our, still be probably just best just to call our office number. You know, we have limited people in the office, but that's that's the best way to to reach me. That's that phone number is 
4251. You can always look me up on Twitter at Glenn Birnbaum is the handle. Um, you know, you can go to our website, you know, sickage.com and, and find my email there as well. Um, the other thing I forgot to mention, Casey, is Sickage is going to have an ag, uh, kind of a little mini virtual conference for um, a couple hours um, on a Friday, December 11th. So I'm sure we'll have a podcast before that again, but there'll be uh, a seminar on Friday, December 11th, which I'll be speaking for a few minutes just about you know, maybe what could be some tax changes down the road, right? Uh, with, you know, if we've got an administration change, what what laws might change in estate tax or income tax? It'll be a pretty, pretty quick hitter, but um, you can you can go to the website and, and register and sign up for that virtual conference on Friday, December 11th. Right on. And that's on Sickich's website? Yep. And that's just S-I-C-I-T-C-H.com? So S-I-K-I-C-H dot com. All right. Good thing you spelled that for me, Glenn. Cool. All right. Yeah, again, we'll, we'll definitely try to have a podcast one more time before that, December 11th. And, cool. Uh, yeah, so look to that. Um, but it'll, it, you know, so what we're hoping for is that Congress will fix this. You know, will, will this kind of fix on the PPP be attached to a stimulus bill or will it be attached to you know, this government, you know, the government, I think, is going to shut down um, sometime around December 11th, as I recall. So, you know, could it get attached to that bill? That's what we're hoping for. So we have clarity so that we can have some some semblance of normal for, for tax season, because otherwise I really do think, you know, people are probably going to think about really extending their tax return just because, you know, if there's still this question and, you know, if there's still a bill being, you know, in, being debated and, about the PPP taxability, you know, you just say, why would I file early and volunteer this tax? Yeah. So, yeah. Yep. No, no, definitely. So we got plenty of time. You know, we got over a month to figure this all out. So. Plenty of time. Nothing like, nothing like being up against the deadline, right, Glenn? Yeah. Right on, buddy. So you might get some last minute questions, you know, last minute uh, inquiries about buying equipment, you know, if, Depending on what happens here. So. And we'll take them, Glenn. We'll take all of those. Every you single one be, of them. Better be at your, I'll be ready. At your computer and phone. Yeah. I'll be ready and waiting. What's your contact information one more time? So the office phone number, 309-694-4251. Or you can look me up on Twitter, at Glenn Birnbaum is the handle. Our website is sickish.com, S-I-K-I-C-H.com. Right on. Well, Glenn, appreciate you being on the podcast, man. Well, thank you, Casey. Right on. Have a good Thanksgiving. You too, man. I am Casey Seymour with Moving Iron Podcast. Make sure you check me out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. That's where you're going to find the latest editions of the Moving Iron Podcast, as well as any blogs that get posted out there. Also, movingironllc.com is a great place to find all the information for the Moving Iron Summit coming up in January uh, in Nashville, Tennessee. That's uh, the 20th through the 22nd. That'll be at the Renaissance Hotel downtown. Also, uh, the Global Ag Network is a great place to find other uh, ag-related podcasts and all the podcasters out there as well. So with that, I am Casey Seymour with Glenn Birnbaum. Let's go move some iron, folks. Out. Moving iron in the 21st century. Hard-working people working hard for you and me. Moving iron. 
find a seat.